Amen, amen. Good morning. How are we doing today? Amen. I want to ask everyone just to start making your way into the sanctuary as we get started here this morning. Good to see everyone in the house of the Lord. We just want to welcome you to Christian Fellowship Church, all CFC members and family members and uh, guests. Uh, if you're first time watching online, we want to welcome you. If, if you watch constantly, we thank you for that. Do we have any first time visitors in the church building right now today? Raise your hand. We just want to say hello. No first-time visitors? All right. Well, we just want to remind you how you can stay connected with Christian Fellowship Church uh, via social media and different things. Uh, we have a website that you can go to, www.welcometocfc.com, that uh, has basically all these links on it. But we have a Facebook page, a prayer request page that you could send in your prayer request, and the prayer team will pray for you. We have a prayer wall that uh, you could on the website that you could go and post your prayer request and everyone could see it online and pray uh, for uh, your need. And I do encourage you as CFC members, please go to that page, the prayer wall, and look at prayer requests that people put up and pray for them, all right? So another way we, you, if you need prayer is we do have prayer cards in the back of the church. You could fill them out and place them in this little basket there uh, also. So there's many ways to get people to pray for you. Uh, you could give online, and we also have a YouTube channel. So just uh, uh, stay with us and up to date. Uh, no reason to miss out on anything. If you can't make it here, you you don't you can watch from at home. Uh, but we much rather you be here. Amen, amen. There was no amen to that. We much rather you be here. Amen. There we go. Thank you. Okay. Can we pass out some coffee in here? I think they're falling asleep. Amen. Just want to remind everyone, uh, New Generations Children's Church will be uh, broadcasting their morning service uh, tomorrow night on their face Facebook page at 7 p.m. So if your children couldn't make it here this morning, uh, make sure they're tuning at 7 p.m. tomorrow night to watch that. Also, uh, our water baptism service will be this Wednesday at uh, 7 p.m. So this Wednesday, 7 p.m. If you've given your heart to the Lord and you haven't been water baptized, I encourage you to do that. Uh, just pick up a paper in the back, uh, bring it that night. We're already Sunday, so just bring it with you that night. Bring a change of clothes and a towel, and we'll uh, have a short 20-minute class uh, right before the water baptism, and then we'll have a, a water baptism that night. So we already got, I think it's two or three signed up. Uh, so come on out, and um, if you want to just be part of it, watching uh, someone get water baptized, come on out there. If you want to understand more about water baptism, come out and go through the class from 7 to 7.20, and uh, you'll learn and bring you a set of clothes there. We, I've already had people that sat through the class that came for somebody else, and they ended up getting baptized that night also. So uh, come prepared. Amen. I uh, also want to wish anyone having a birthday, happy birthday between now and next Sunday. If you're having a birthday between now and next Sunday, raise your hand. Where are we pointing? Who's, who's raising their hand? Winona, you're having a birthday? Happy Wednesday? Happy birthday to Sister Winona. <laughs> Sister Wynada. That's her real name. <laughs> Amen. Just so... I uh, just want to wish her a happy birthday. If anyone online is having a birthday between now and next Sunday, we want to wish you a happy birthday. What about anniversaries? Anyone have an anniversary between now and next Sunday? No. Tim's going to find out if he's having an anniversary. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, he said. <laughs> Amen. But uh, we just want to uh, wish everyone having an anniversary online between now and next week. Happy anniversary to you. As we get ready to receive our morning tithes and offerings, I just want to go ahead and let you know how you can give this morning. If you're not here, uh, you'll see at the very first way, if you want to mail it in, you can mail it to Christian Fellowship Church, Post Office Box 1427, La Rosa, Louisiana, 70373. Or you could uh, give online at uh, www.welcometocfc.com. You could go on there, or you can text to give. Uh, that phone number there, you just text anything on it. And again, it, uh, that's a younger generation thing. They know how to work it. So talk to your grandchildren. They'll tell you how, to, how that works. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, but you can text to give also. So uh, the best way we like is you being here today and uh, doing that. Amen. So let's just uh, stand to our feet as we have our, read our scripture for our offering this week. I just want to remind everyone again uh, before of the uh, we are still collecting money to replace an air condition in children's church. They have two units. One of them's out uh, be forty six hundred dollars to replace it. We got about half of it raised right now. So if you do want to uh, help uh, give donate, we have on online getting, giving. There's a place that you put for air condition. If you want to give, just write air condition on your check there and we'll make sure it goes directly to that uh, so let's just read our scriptures this morning. Do not, Matthew 6, 19 through 21, it says, Do not store up riches for yourselves here on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and robbers break in and steal. Instead, store up riches for yourself in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and robbers cannot break in and steal. For your heart will always be where your riches are. And Luke uh, chapter 12, verses 29 and 30, uh, 31 says this, so don't be all upset, always concerned about what you will eat and drink. For the pagans of this world are always concerned about all these things. Your father knows that you need these things. Instead, be concerned with his kingdom, and he will provide you with these things. So take your offering in your right hand and repeat after me this morning. Say, as I give in today's offering, I acknowledge that my life consists of more than the things I have or the things I desire. My life finds meaning in Christ and His eternal kingdom. My life is to be lived as a person who knows where to put my treasures. My giving of money is an investment into ministry that touches people for eternal destinies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you would, make your way out your seat and place one of your offer, offering in one of these three baskets as uh, Sister Aliska begins to play.
Lord a good hand clap of praise this morning as we get ready to worship the Lord. Amen. Some of you may be wondering, uh, and I was leery of putting the title of my message where it's uh, Holy Spirit come, because sometimes that freaks people out. You know, I say, and and I, then I was thinking, you know, they're going to be saying, well, it's Palm Sunday. Why are you talking about more that? And I'm going to tie it all together for us today, so don't worry about that. Amen? So let's just stand to our feet as we have our call to worship this morning. This is from Psalms. Uh, this is the message paraphrase for the month of March. Psalms 34, verses 1 and 2, and then we'll jump to verses 8 and 9. It says, I will bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Father, we just come to you today. And Father, I turn this entire service over to you right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit would have its way in this place today, Father God. Father, as we come to worship you, Father God, we give you praise for all the things you've done in our life and all the things you will do. But we worship you this morning for who you are, a holy God. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everyone shouts, Amen. Let's put a, give the Lord a hand clap of praise as we worship. Praise forevermore. 
I'm no longer a slave to myself. 
Should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning? Either way, I won't bow to the things of this world. Nothing stands between us. Nothing 
morning. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for all that you've Hallelujah. done in our lives, Father. We thank you in advance for the miracles you're giving us. Again, sharing a message I entitled Holy Spirit Come. And um, again, it, it may sound kind of odd that on Palm Sunday, weekend before Easter, that I would have this title of message. And that's why I mentioned earlier, I kind of hesitated titling this because I, I think a lot of times people get the wrong ideas. People hear the wrong thing, you know, and things, especially things they don't understand. We, we, we get phobias and fears of things we don't understand simply because we don't understand it. So as we get ready to get started this morning, let's just begin in prayer uh, right now. Father, I just come to you right now, and I just uh, lift up every person in the sound of my voice right now, Father. Father, I just pray that every deaf ear be open to hear the truth of your word today. Father, I pray that every deaf, uh, every uh, blind eye be open to see the truth of your word today. And I pray that every mind be able to comprehend your word today and every heart receive your word today, Father. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray and everyone says, Amen, Amen. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord today. And again, this is Palm Sunday and we're going to talk a, a minute on that uh, but the way this message came about, I was seeking God of what, what to share on this Palm Sunday. And right before Jesus actually makes his entrance into Jerusalem, he made a statement that stayed with me, and this is where this message came from. He, he told his disciples, okay, I'm getting ready to go to Jerusalem, where he knew he was going to be, next Friday, be uh, handed over, arrested, thrown in kangaroo court, which he was going to be found guilty in everything, and be crucified that Friday to raise a, be raised on the Sunday. But he made a statement before 
and, and we got it in our notes here, but he, th- these are the words that stuck with me. He, Jesus says, it is better for you that I go. It is better for you that I go. And this, that's what I want to take time to explain what he's talking about there. That is better that he went. In other, in other words, he's saying, although salvation will come through the cross, it's better that I leave you than stay with you. And Palm Sunday was about that Jesus was getting ready to go, uh, you know, die on the cross, get arrested, all these things. But I don't want to look at it as a, from a history standpoint today. You know, history reminds us of what happened at that time. And we, we, we go through that every year. And, you know, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Please come up for that also. We'll, we'll be talking about uh, what Jesus has done on the cross for us there. But instead of looking at through just history of what happened, I want to take it to what is happening. I want to take what he done to right now. You see, Palm Sunday is today. Jesus is not riding into Jerusalem on a donkey today. Good Friday is coming up. He's not being turned over again to the Jewish leaders and other elders to be found guilty. And he's not going to be nailed to the cross next Friday either. Can I tell you something also? Next Sunday, he's not going to be rising from the dead. He has already risen. And he is alive. You know, uh, you're going to see it all over Facebook. I tell you, he is risen. Yeah, 2,000 years ago, he's risen. And he's never went back to the grave. He's never had to go back to the cross. And sometimes we miss why he done all those things. And that's why he says, it's better that I leave. And that, that's why I want to kind of talk about today. And it's dealing with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's a, a topic that isn't always talked about a lot in uh things because people are uncomfortable because uh, uh, the worst translation of the holy spirit is the holy ghost and so with people are that's kind of freakish i don't although <laughs> that's why i always say the spiritual battle that goes on how things you know uh the devil could you, you know last week i talked about how everybody believes the lie of the devil but they struggle with the truth of god right Everybody believes the lie of, of, of the enemy who, who is a liar and tells nothing but lies, but they struggle with the truth of God who is the truth and all he says is true. And sometimes we, we're going to struggle with who the Holy Spirit is, the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not a, a ghost, which we, you know, people are kind of weird of. And what I say with that is people get so weird, weirded out. Let me straighten this out, though. God is not weird. People are weird. Okay? Don't, don't, don't get that cross. You, you, you say, oh, those Holy Ghost people, they, they're weird. No, well, they probably were weird before the Holy Ghost. It's not the Holy Ghost that made them weird. Okay? In any type of way. All right? So, but we, we could picture, the easiest one to picture out of the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is Jesus. We could relate to him more in a human way. We could understand him best out of all because he walked the earth. Now, God the Father is out there but okay. And and let me stress, we do not fully understand all this. Okay, It's beyond human. The Bible says, for now we know in part. All right. Whatever we could extrapolate out of these little brains to try, you know, these finite brains trying to understand infinity, 
where there's no time that God's always been and always will. But we kind of relate to God as God the Father. You know, and we, we picture a father figure, and that's where a lot of people struggle too, is on earth if you don't have a good relationship with your earthly father, you will struggle with your heavenly father because you can't separate those things. Your earthly father may have let you down in different ways and different things, and, and so people question, well, that's a father? See, but that's not the father. That was your father here on earth. But then when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, people kind of, okay, now we're getting a little weird. You know, I'm a little cautious about that, but, but back to the spiritual battle thought I was thinking about is, you know, when, when people get nervous about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, but yet Halloween time comes and they dress their kid as ghosts, dress them as demons. Oh, it's a sofa. How, I'd hate to, to say, you know, most people that get tattoos, you know what they get? A lot of them? Skulls. Evil. All the, we, we have no problem with ghosts until it comes to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's why I, I actually struggled with naming it this because I know some people freak out on that. But if I'd say we're having a Halloween party come dressed as goblins go and goblins, people would flock. See, there's a spiritual battle. We're spiritually blind to those things. We, we get scared of the thing of God that we, we don't understand. So, again, let's get started on these notes before, before we're going to be here till 2 o'clock. Amen. God, how many of you know God always does things differently than we think? Things that God does are a lot different than we think or appear to be. Th think about all the things in the Bible. He says, if you want to be first, you need to be. Huh. That's the total opposite of the way we think. Right? If you want to be first, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. You've got to climb your way to the top. But Jesus, God says, if you want to be first, be last. See, everything with God is so mixed up to what we perceive, and that's where, what happens is when, when we don't fully understand something, we shy away from it. We're we good with God the Father. We're good with Jesus. Oh, we love Jesus. God the Father, we love Him. We don't quite understand Him, but we're not scared of Him in that way. But Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, who? I don't know. We'll leave that part out. But you see, you're leaving God out. God is Trinity. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a person that, that's where most people miss it. He's a person of the Trinity. He's not just a cloud floating around. So let, let's, let's begin. In, uh, we're going to read about Palm Sunday as, and as I make this transfer. So in your notes, uh, Matthew 21, verses 1 through 9 says this. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethanage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent out two his, of his... Uh, disciples saying to them go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her coat by her untie them and bring them to me if anyone says anything to you say that the lord needs them and he will send them right away this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet say to the daughter of zion see your king comes see your king comes to you gentle on and riding on a donkey and on a coat, 
the foal of a donkey. Now let's pump the brakes right here. Here Jesus is being introduced as their king in Jerusalem, but yet he's riding on a donkey. See, kings and that, the way the world done it then, kings did not come in on donkeys. They would have had nice horses, chariots, all these things. But God doesn't do things the way we do things. So I'm sure the people were there, and this is a king, what he's doing on a little donkey? Hear that? What's that noise? Surely that can't be our king. But yet, that's what God does. You see, God works in ways we don't understand. God does things the way our human minds don't comprehend. And so it goes on to say, uh, verse 6, The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the coat and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd uh, spread their cloaks on the road, their, their clothing, while others cut branches, palm branches, from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went ahead of him, and those who followed shouted, Hosanna. Now the word Hosanna is the Greek word for save or salvation. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And so Jesus is going into Jerusalem to be crucified, to be raised from the dead so we can have salvation. But then he made a statement before this happened. If you look in John 16, 17, it is where I was talking about it. Jesus says, but very truly I tell you, it is good for who? You. It is for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, he says, again, I am going away. I'm going to Jerusalem to be handed over to crucify so you can have salvation. But there's another reason I am going. I am going so an advocate is talking about the Holy Spirit here. Uh, that word translates uh, an intercessor, a counselor, a comforter, one who pleads the case of another one or give guidance to. He says, unless I go away... The advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send them to you. So he's saying it is better for you that the Holy Spirit comes to you than actually me staying here on earth with you. Now, I don't want to get stuck in this point, but you see, Jesus was fully human, fully God beyond our comprehension. So Jesus could only be at one place at one time. Think about it. He was limited to be at one place at one time because he's fully human. And he's saying, you know, it's better that I leave because the one I will send can be everywhere at every time. See, that's why the Spirit of God can move here in this church this morning at this time and moving in another church and moving there all over the world. Omnipresent all over the world. Jesus says, if I stay with you, it's only the ones in my immediate circle right here that I can be with. So he's saying, my physical presence will leave, but my Father will send the Holy Spirit, which will be with you, to help you. And it's actually better that I go. So let, let's quickly jump to the uh, Acts chapter 2. This is the day of Pentecost, but this is, don't get tied up in there. 
And what I'm talking about today is not about someone speaking in tongues. This isn't about, oh, you need to speak in tongues. Because tongues is one of many gifts of the Spirit. And if you realize what it says about the gifts of the Spirit, it says the gifts of the Spirit come from the Holy Spirit as He sees fit to give. You don't even choose what you want. It, the Holy Spirit says, I want this, I, I, this person needs this gift, this person will have this gift. So as He sees fit, so if you pray in tongues, great, I pray in tongues. But again, that has nothing to do with the message today. Okay, that's not what the Holy Spirit is, is speaking in tongues. That's, that's one of the evidences of it, it says. But there's kind of been a, a cultural thing and things that, oh, you don't have the Holy Spirit unless you're speaking in tongues. But reality is the Holy Spirit's living in you if you're a born-again Christian. Okay? And again, I know that's talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit, and this is where I didn't want to get stuck in. So let, let's, let's just go to Acts chapter 2. 2 verses 12 through 15. This was the day, day of Pentecost. But what I want you to focus on is the Holy Spirit's there, but watch the human perception. How confused. They, they did not understand what was going on. Okay? It says, amazed, which isn't bad. They were amazed, but then they were also perplexed. Like, what in the world's happening? We don't understand. And you see, that's where a lot of us believers today are. We don't quite understand the Holy Spirit. So we, 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 we hear it, but that, that Spirit, that Holy Ghost thing kind of scares me a little bit. Kind of creeps me out when you start talking about that. But it says they were perplexed. And then it goes on to say they asked one another, what does this mean? In other words, they did not understand. Some, however, now notice this, made fun of it. See, totally not understand. Sometimes uh, a reaction is that you make fun of what you don't understand. You, it's kind of, oh, that's weird. And that's what I said. Again, people may be weird, but God's not weird. Okay? People are not. I mean, people could be, but God is not. He says, then... Uh, said, some, however, have made fun, saying that they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. And notice what he says, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. He says, let me explain this to you. Why, why does he say that? He says, because you do not understand what's going on. You, you hear what, what's happening here? The world and everybody, the, the Holy Spirit was new to them and they did not understand, they did not know how to take it. And Peter says, let me explain it to you. And, the, and this is kind of what I want to do today, is kind of explain in the simplest way I can to you <coughs> of the Holy Spirit's role in your life as a believer and how important it is that He be in your life, a very intricate part of your life. Because... Let's put it, uh, let me say it this way. You've talked to God, you've mentioned Jesus. What about the Holy Spirit? If you'd rank every time you spoke to God, talked about God, talked about Jesus, all these things, and then the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit must feel kind of left out. Like, what about, where am I? 
Always talking about God, always talking about Jesus, but I'm just a part of the Trinity that never gets talked about. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to know about the Holy Spirit. Okay? That, that's that spiritual battle. We're all fascinated with the Halloween the world is. Not scared of goblins, goblins, and ghosts. But you mentioned Holy Ghost, and oh, I've got to step back from this. John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24. Says this. Jesus says, Yet a time is coming and has come now when true worshipers will worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that God is looking for. Then it goes on to say, God is spirit. Think about that statement. God is spirit. And we're talking about his Holy Spirit, but we, get, we, we see God as God the Father, although he is spirit. This is the Holy Spirit of God. It says, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, Jesus says, it's good that I go away, and I want you to just, again, see the footprint of how everything happened in Jesus' life. When Jesus was 30 years old, he went to be baptized by John before he started his ministry. Before he went to the desert to be tempted and tested by the enemy. But there's one thing you got to realize with God the Father done as an example to us also. Because Jesus was 100% human, although fully God. What happened? Notice, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, now remember, Jesus had not started any of his ministry. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove. Now, not a dove, okay? And again, that's another misconception we all have. Uh, and look, I'll say I'm just as guilty with a lot of this. Uh, I got a bird feeder right near my office at home, right out the glass door, because the, uh, the doves come in all the time, right there. Don't come start shooting my doves, because I'm going to shoot at you. But wild doves come all the time, eat the bird seed of that, and it just... It, it's just something about it. I think of the Holy Spirit and I think of God. But it, it doesn't say the Holy Spirit was a dove. It, that's just the way he, he kind of uh, described it. He says it came down like a dove. And here's a, here's a word we don't use too often. It says, and alighting on him. Now that word alighting translates to accompany or to enter or to assist. Think about that. That the Holy Spirit came upon him to enter him, assist him, and guide him through the rest of his life here on earth. It was there to help him and guide him because from that day forward, it says that the Spirit of God who had entered him led him to the desert to be tested by the devil. But it was the Spirit of God that helped him, helped him overcome the enemy. 
See, the Spirit of God living in you is your power supply to God. He helps you. And it, 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 it's, this is what I need you to see, that it, Jesus himself was filled with the Holy Spirit after baptism to begin his ministry. Because Jesus struggled with a lot of things in life. He didn't want to go to the cross, but the Spirit of God helped him fulfill the purpose God has for his life. You see, the Spirit of God works in you to have you do what God's will is for you. But he doesn't, like, he doesn't possess you. He doesn't make you do anything. He'll nudge you, but it's up to you. Jesus went to the de desert to be tested uh, after this. So let, let's go to the Holy Spirit. And I got, uh, it's called, He is my. And this is what I want you to understand, how he works in you. This is why Jesus says that it's better that I go than stay. Because in the Old Testament, I don't want to be here too long now. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not live in anyone because they weren't saved. Jesus had not died on the cross. They were an unclean vessel. But the Spirit of God would come upon many people. Uh, when, when prophets would prophesy, the Spirit of God would come on them, but they, it wasn't living in them. But Jesus says, I'm going to the cross where you're going to be a clean vessel and now I can live in you. The Holy Spirit can live in you and guide you. That, that, that's just a, a quick synopsis right there. But the Holy Spirit, if you're a born-again believer, and, and I got, He is my. And I want you to understand because the Holy Spirit is a person. And I want you to notice in these scriptures, when Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, He calls Him He. Right? He is a person. The person of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, He is my, we could call it your inner voice and guide. Your inner voice and guide. <coughs> now I want you to understand as, as, as you're writing this uh, inner voice and, and guide is you hear from three areas in your life. You hear from three sources. Number one, you'll hear from the Holy Spirit, God. You'll hear from yourself, your wants, your desires, and you'll hear from the enemy. Now, the enemy will pose itself in many different ways. We all know what we want, what our flesh wants. You know, at night when, when that loud voice inside of me starts saying, get a honey bun, that's not God. You know, I want to say, oh, thank you, Jesus, leave me that way. <laughs> but that's not God. But another voice you will hear from, again, that's why it's important you understand that your selfish desires you have to watch. Because a lot of things you think God's telling you to do is really just what you want to do. But then the enemy speaks to you. Now, it's not Satan himself coming this way. He'll do different things. But let, let's think about how Satan works in the garden. He spoke through a snake to Eve. Now, I don't want to stay here, but I always, when, every time I read that, I always picture back how different life was then than it is now. From what we understand now, the way it was, that a snake would have an audible voice and talk to you, and you wouldn't freak out over that. So that tells you that very possibly the animals actually spoke and communicated with people in those times. It's always different, right? 
Did, did you ever read that Eve was, Adam and Eve were freaked out that a snake was talking to them? No. So he, Satan used the body of a snake to speak to them. Now, I'm not calling people devils, so don't, don't, don't do this. But God, uh, Satan will use people to speak to you. Not that they're possessed in any way. Where you get that from, you may ask. What about Peter? Jesus says, I'm about to go to the cross and die. And Peter says, never will I let that happen to you. Now, Satan already knew that Jesus was struggling with going to the cross when the garden gets him. And Jesus says, Father, if any way let this pass, can you take this cup from me? But not my will, thy will be done. And there he's sitting down contemplating, again, struggling with, boy, I know what I'm going to be facing on that cross. I know I need to go there. And, and then Peter says, oh, we're not going to let that happen to him. And what was Jesus' answer to him? Away from me, Satan. Now, Peter wasn't possessed by Satan, but he was used to, because was, Satan was trying to use Peter to keep Jesus from fulfilling what he needed to do. And Jesus says this, Get away from me, Satan. You don't have the things of God in mind, but the things of man. You see how he works? So we got to be careful with our inner voices to know what's God. Probably safe to say the loudest voice you ever hear is yours. It's what you desire, what you want. See, Jesus' voice was saying, I don't want to go to the cross. That's not heresy in any way. He prayed that. God, if you could take this cup from me, because it's not my will. But he says, I hear your voice louder than mine. Thy will be done, not mine. <clears throat> let's, let's move on here. So your inner voice or your guide, and I wanted to specify those three things, but notice what Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who works in you. What, 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 what do you think? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who lives in you, who is working in you. And notice what it says. It is God who works in you to do what? To will and to act in order to fulfill his God's purpose for you. So as an inner voice and guide, the Holy Spirit's in you to, trying to guide you and nudge you to do what God wants for your life. Because half the time we don't want to do what, what God wants. We want to do what we want. The enemy doesn't want us to do what God wants. So we have to be careful to listen to God's voice. Through, and he does that through his Holy Spirit. And so that's one of the purposes the Holy Spirit is there, is to guide you to do what God wants for you. John 16, 13 says, But when he, this is Jesus speaking, he's speaking of the Holy Spirit, but when he, the person of the third person of the Trinity, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, Okay, Jesus said, that's why he says, I need to, I need, it's better that I go so that the Spirit of God could come. He says, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. 
He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. In other words, the whole, God speaks you, to you through the Holy Spirit. That Spirit of God that's living in you. The, the Spirit of God, that, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is what made you, is the Spirit that made you born again. John 16, 8 says this. When he comes, the, Jesus speaking again, with the Holy Spirit, he's talking about when he comes, using that thing, he will prove, and I put in parentheses this, the, the word convict, uh, the world to being, be in the wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. And that word convict is just other translations. In other words, it's that thing inside of you, that voice inside of you, that when you're going to do something, it says, you know what, you really should. You should. Or you should do this. You know, maybe maybe you see somebody in need on the side of the road and you, and you oh, I'm in such a hurry, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you got to turn around and go, go back and help. Notice this next uh, thing, 1 Corinthians 12, 3. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. In other words, the Holy Spirit will never say that, allow a person to say that. That's not coming from the Holy Spirit. But he also says, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So you see, if you're born again already, I want you to raise your hand. Do you know when that invitation was given, you remember what you felt inside? Like, I need to do this. You know what that was? That was the Holy Spirit prompting you. You see, because we were blind. The God of this world had blinded us to the truth of the Holy Spirit, of, God, of this gospel of, of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is Him that nudges us and directs us and reveals to us the truth. Right? At one time in our life, salvation seemed foolishness to us. But now it's like, how in the world did I miss that? Because the enemy blinded you to it. I remember when my wife first got saved, I told her, I said, she's, you know, she, she'd preach at me all the time. <laughs> and uh, so y'all could thank her that I'm here. Or if you got complaints about me being here, you could complain to her about me. So it works either way. <laughs> but I would tell her, you know what? Probably when I'm in my 50s, which I'm 54 now, I think. Uh, I said, then I'm going to give my life to the Lord. I want to just live my life the way I want to. You see, it was foolishness. I didn't understand. But in my 20s, the Holy Spirit prompted, showed me the truth that I had not seen. The, the fool, what I thought was foolishness before became truth and re reality in life. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is that inner voice that nudges you. Do, no, don't do that. Do this. Again, you still have those other voices in there. You have to know which one's what. <clears throat> Another verse. John 14, 15 through 17. Jesus says, again, all, thinking about him saying it's better that I leave. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Again, counselor, comforter, 
all these things. And he says, what does he say he's going to do for you? The advocate is going to do what? To help you and to be with you when? How long? Forever. In other words, past the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost wasn't a one-time Holy Spirit poured out and that's it, it's over. He says, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to live in you, to guide you, to train you, to direct you, and He will be with you forever. You see, so the Holy Spirit is still a vital part of Christianity, although He gets put on the shelf a lot because we don't understand Him. He's still working in your life, whether you know it or not, because you didn't get saved without Him. Jesus died on the cross, but uh, it's through the anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes in us that we're saved. It's that same Spirit. The next thing, he says, uh, verse 17, I'm sorry. He'll be with you forever. He says, the Spirit of truth. Notice what it says. The world cannot accept Him because because it neither sees Him or knows Him. Think about that. The world don't understand. Why do you think they were perplexed and amazed? Why do you think many of you in here today are kind of perplexed and curious of this Holy Ghost thing? And notice what he goes on to say. But you know him for... Now, this, this is, I want you to catch this. This is before Jesus died on the cross. He says, for he lives with you. He'll, he's around you. But then he says, and he will be what? In you. So he says the Spirit of God is, is around you. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit was living in Jesus at the time, came upon him, and he says the Spirit is around you, but he says he's kind of giving them a glimpse in the future. He will be in you. That's why it's best that I do what I need to do because the Holy Spirit could then live inside of each and every believer. Second thing is, he's your teacher. The Holy Spirit will be your teacher. First, in a voice and guide. You ever wonder why you never understood some things about the Bible, then all of a sudden you start understanding? It's like a light came on. It's like those old commercials. I could have had a V8. Y'all remember that, if you're old enough? Notice what it says, John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, he will reveal and teach all these things. You you see, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. You remember Jesus said a lot of times, you have eyes, but you don't see. You have ears, but you don't hear. And you see, once you become born again and the Holy Spirit lives in you, He allows you to begin to see the spiritual things. He begins you to allow you to begin to hear those things. He teaches you. He opens up those things to you that were closed and did not make sense to you. And this is an ongoing thing that never ends. You know, uh, Every day, every time I read the Bible, something else that you may have read 50 million times before, you read it this time and something brand new comes out. Why? 
Because the Holy Spirit reveals something, teaches you something new in it. Is this making sense to you? Is it's helping you? Okay, good, good, good. All right, so the Holy Spirit in me, the Holy Spirit in me, the Holy Spirit in you, this is where we're, we're going to go to here. Notice what uh, the, me- I love the way the message paraphrase says this in Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve God and do not break his heart, his Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't make it sad Don't, by not allowing it to work in your life. See, that's why it says we are to be led by the Spirit. That's what it's talking about, being the Holy Spirit of God in your life, being led by that. It says, so don't break God's heart. See, when you quench the Holy Spirit, you're quenching God. God the Father, God the Son, three in one. He says... It is the, the Holy Spirit moving and breathing where? In you. Is the most intimate part of your life. Making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. See, the Holy Spirit in you is there to change you and mold you into what God originally created for you. So this is, these next three things is three things I want you to begin to pray each day, okay? So the first thing is, Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, show me. Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24 says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Can I tell you something? God already knows your heart. I'm going to translate this to a different way. God already knows your heart. It's you that don't know your heart. We, we have a false impression of who we are and how we are. And God will search and sometimes show us, reveal through trials and tribulations to show you the impurities in your heart. Right, And I always use Peter, poor Peter, I pick on him so much. But when he truly believed, he would never deny Christ. There was no doubt in his mind that he would never deny Christ. But when the pressure came, what was hidden in his heart that he didn't know was there, God revealed to him. And Peter denies Christ three times. You see, there's things in our heart that we think are one way, but they're really not, and God knows the difference. So our prayer is, Holy Spirit, living in me, show me these things. Show me, it's like the impurities in gold, that, you know, they, they have to turn up the fire for the impurities that come out on the top and then the dross and they take it off and it makes the gold pure. That's what God sometimes has to do in our life is there's things in our heart, in our life that we are blinded to and he has to, I hate to say this, turn up the fire. Because it's the fire that makes what's inside come out. Right? Pressure and stress will make a person act like they don't normally do. Why? Because that's what's inside. Pressure and stress will make a person say things that they won't normally do. 
Why? Because that's impurities God got need God's to get out. God's to get out. What God's to get out? What is that? I don't know. I don't know what language that is. So uh, it says, verse 24, let me start in verse 23, I'll read the whole thing again. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Change me. Is that, so that's our next thing. Part two is the Holy Spirit, show me. It's show me, then change me. Because the only way I could change is if I know it's there. If I don't know it's there, I can't change. So God has to somehow reveal it to me. And some of us are tête deux. We got very hard heads. And so sometimes God could put it, get it out of you on a low fire. But sometimes he's got to put you on the butane burner. And turn that fire up. <laughs> so you see it. Because we got it buried way deep. So Holy Spirit changed me. And again, the Holy Spirit... I want you to understand, uh, doesn't make me better than you. It doesn't make you better than me. It's not a religious thing. The Holy Spirit actually makes me less like me. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit wants to make you less like you and more like him. That's what it does. Notice what it says in 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is spirit... And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, all believers, will, and it's talking, this unveiled faces is talking, referencing the temple where the, the curtain was torn to the Holy of Holies. It's talking about salvation. And we all who with unveiled faces, who could come into the uh, presence of God, uh, contemplate the Lord's glory. And it says this, we are being transformed, being changed, into, the, into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in me wants to make me less like me and more like him. So first we pray, show me areas I need to change. Then Holy Spirit, help me change. And the final thing, is Holy Spirit, fill me. You see, He can't fill me if I'm full of me. Once a glass is full, you can't put anything more in it without something coming out. So I have to empty myself of me. So Holy Spirit, fill me. More of you and less of me. Notice what Ephesians 5.18 says. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Now, that word debauchery is extreme indulgence in bodily, fleshly desires. Not, uh, not again, he's talking, don't get drunk on wine. How many of you have a, we've, most of us drank at some time in our life. How many of you have ever done something because you were drunk that you would not have normally done, Right? It leads, it makes you do things that you normally would not do. So he's warning you, he says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads you astray. He says, but instead be what? Filled with the Spirit. And Acts 13, 52 says this, and the believers 
were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is a vital part of your walking Christianity. The Spirit of God, His Holy Spirit, lives in every believer. And we have to realize it's, the, it's, the, it's a third person of the Trinity. And so when we say, you know, you may get up and say, Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. That we all need Him. So this little, quick little prayer guide is something we need to do every day. Begin, say, Holy Spirit, show me the things in my life that I need to change. Then Holy Spirit, help me change them. Help me get rid of those things so I could have more of you in me. Amen. Let's stand to our feet as we close in prayer this morning. If you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to give you that opportunity now. Those of you watching online or in here. And I remember the, one of the first times I had heard the gospel was I wanted to and I didn't want to accept it. I kind of didn't want to let go of my old life. Wasn't quite sure of this new life. Was kind of weirded out by it. But I love the way it says, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. And that's all I'm asking you. Just taste and see. Just try it. Remember as kids, you, uh, or if you have kids, you, you cook something and it is very good and the kids don't want to even try it. It's in, it's in their head, oh, I won't like it. Then they try it and, oh, that's good. You see, taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, this is a hard saying, but I really like what it says. I, I, I've seen one time a, a sign that says, try Jesus, hell will always take you back. Think about that. That's the truth. That's what I say. Just give them a try. Invite them into your heart. Is that little thing inside of you nudging you right now saying, you know what? What you said is true. I need to make that change in my life. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and just say this simple prayer with me today, inviting Jesus Christ into your life to receive the gift of salvation. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I admit that I need a Savior. I believe that you love me so much that you sent your Son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe that on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And I accept the gift of salvation right now. I invite Jesus to come into my heart. Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let me just pray for each and every one. Just lift your hands up right now. Father, we just come to you today. And I ask, Father God, that we'd all be sensitive to the, your Holy Spirit in our life, Father God. That the stigma of what the Holy Spirit is, who He is, would be gone, Father God. And we begin to understand His work in our life, the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in each and every one's lives as you guide us and change us and show us the things in our life that we need changed. You are the power within us to bring forth that change, to set us free where the Spirit of the Lord is, there 
is freedom. So, Father, we receive that freedom right now to break every chain and bondage to the old ways of life and old things that we were caught up in. Transform our minds. Transform our lives. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday morning. Water baptism this uh, Wednesday night. Come on out for that. And then... uh, Easter Sunday morning.